Do this. So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really, really, I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell. No, 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 no. It's Joe Biden, and don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe, and, it's Joe, and it's Joe Biden, and I'm vice president, and my name is Kamala Harris. I like money. <laughs> the thing about being vice president was you never have to tell somebody you're vice president. They should just know that. You know, you would think that uh, if you're introduced on a radio program as the vice president, that it's pretty much, and everyone knows who the vice president is. Well, the thing is, is Kamala in that moment is being incredibly condescending. <laughs> that's the only, that's her default move when anybody she just gets really her. Uh, offended. That she doesn't get enough det- attention, mm. and so she really needs to like assert herself. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Asserting myself. <laughs> what's going on, everyone? This is Josh for the Liberty AF Podcast, episode number one. I am accompanied with my brother Isaac, what's up? and my longtime good friend Joel from the last. You got downgraded. Couple. Of, oh, what? What did I say? You said best friend. Best before. friend. Best friend. Long term best friend. <laughs> it was bound to happen. You know, eventually. when you're over forty, does anybody really think about that anymore? It's kind of like if you actually still talk to someone over the age of forty, it's pretty assumed you're one of your best friends. We've known each other in like uh, twenty four different decades now. Yeah, yeah it's been a long time, man. We were roommates couple of times <laughs> many Chocolate times actually over the years and uh we are coming to you from what is it fema region eight fema camp region number eight coming from the uh from the from the uh, Al- uh Al- alamo here in, uh, in colorado yep. the alamo the alamo come find us mm-hmm. an essay but i mean not really not, not really yet. though we're not, not really not, not we're not really we don't have the about. bulletproof window uh shutters yet they were getting there. The, the rest comes of for you, you know, you've got to do something about them burning up your children. So. Yeah, right. That's true. That's a good point. Well, the house should be fire resistant, ish. Main structure. There's a lot of <laughs> yes. stuff in here. Let's not let's not get involved. In no, that. we're well. That's 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 like episode four. You know, <laughs> right now we're just kind of like we're just breaking in. I don't want to talk about firearms. <laughs> we, could, we could talk about firearms, just not. But no, it's so controversial. Let's not open. I mean, definitely, we're not trying to do a controversial podcast. No. Okay, no. so firearms are off the table. What's next? What else are we going to not talk about? We can't talk about wokeism. Free speech, free speech okay. is off the table. Free All speech right. is off the table. So, what is the what is the uh, manifesto of Liberty AF? Because anyone anyone's come across this podcast, if they're listening to this right now, are wondering like, what is this about? Uh, do you want the serious answer or the goofy answer? I want the goofy answer. Okay. This got, that was it. I just, <laughs> my brain just short circuited. There's my goofy answer. So what do you, what do we step in here? We've got a couple white claws on the, on the, on the desk and we've got uh, some Jameson. 
some Jameson and some Copper Dog. Some Copper Dog. A cheap Scotch blend. Yeah. Um, I think I think the fundamental uh, impetus for this podcast is um, for people to really understand that this generation doesn't care. When you say this generation, what specific generation? Gen X. I am. I am. I am inserting myself into your guys's generation, right? Because you're basically I'm just tagging, a really. I'm tagging. You're, along. you're theoretically a really old. Not theoretically, like factually, you're old millennial. I'm an old. You're like an uncle. Yeah. yeah, I'm on. I'm on the border too. Though we are, we both are. You can't be on the border. You're that. You're three years older than me. But but there's at the tail end something weird happened. I think it was just <laughs> our access to, I, to computing technology. We opened so, a wormhole. So soon. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely, I definitely, uh, feel like a Gen Xer, you know, uh, I'm 43 years old. So I most, I mostly do, you know, but the things that I hate about myself where I'm like, God, don't be such a whiny little bitch. Those are my, <laughs> those are my millennial traits for sure. <laughs> I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. yeah that's relatable. <laughs> so, so ultimately, you know, it's interesting, the three of us, because we have kind of similar and very different backgrounds as far as like professionally and in our personal lives. Um, even even though, Isaac, you're my brother, we still have a lot of different experiences, especially different, in our different youth. Different dads. <laughs> different dads. And we have, you know, but we, we have different experiences. We grew up in Southern California, and then in our later teen years, we moved to New England. And uh, that was a culture shock. But yeah. one of the interesting things is that, you know, we grew up in kind of like a, an environment that was pretty liberal. And you too, Joel, you grew up in pretty liberal areas. I don't want to dox you necessarily. No, that's, that's all right. Um, no, I, 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 I grew up in D.C. mostly. Right. You know, but it wasn't, it wasn't so liberal back then. Um, it, they didn't even really look at things that way. Like you'd think growing up inside the Beltway, you'd automatically know who's a Democrat, Republican. But truthfully, it just never came up in play. It was who, whoever had more money and less money. You, you knew you do knew money for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. They were all united by money. <laughs> Democrat, Republican, they loved their money. Yeah. Well, and I think also too what what we think of like the people that we identified, you know, is who identified as a Republican or Democrat were quite a bit different than today. Today, it's because of the Trump. Well, uh, administration. It's not Democrat and Republican anymore. It's, it's, who's, it's who's right and who is and who's a racist. domestic terrorist. Right. Yeah. Correct. Um, Which makes it easy to know who's on your side or not. I don't know. I that, that conversation's been had so much though, and it's it's just a reflection of two artificial choices: Democrat, Republican, and you know, really, they're they're artificial constructs to maintain power. You know, it's easier to manage a fight between two parties than it is three, four, five, six. Right. And so, you know, that's I true. Think, and it's part of the reason that they're like, if you want to participate in the debates, you got to get like 5% of the vote. And it's like, well, how do you get 5% of the vote? You know, and I'm not even sure if that's the right percentage. I've I know, no, it is, you know, and I've, you know, I'll just say it, you know, I voted libertarian for the last few elections and it's not because I've been a huge Gary Johnson fan or was a huge Jorgensen fan. It was that I want to see a breakup of the duopoly, just like I want to see a breakup of the duopoly between Apple and Google, just like I want to see a breakup of many duopolies that that um, we're faced with. It's like basically you get two options, and it's like we live, and it's it's disheartening because what it does is it centralizes power so, to two different narratives or two different agendas, so to speak. So I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016 because I thought my vote mattered. Sure, sure. And I mean, then I voted we... for Trump in 2020 because I realized 
that your vote doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all a meme now. And I wanted to be able to look back at, at, in my, you know, when I'm old, well, maybe if I get old, when I'm old, I want to look back and I want to just tell people that I voted for Trump just to piss them off. Mm. That was, I mean, and sure. I'm not kidding. Well, that I think that's a reason. Was, I think that's the reason why a lot of people voted for him. I'm not joking about my motivation. Right. I, I voted for him so that I could, so that I could punk people late in my well, life. You, you're one of the best trolls I know. <laughs> and so when people stand, I can't believe anybody voted for Trump. I'm going to walk in with my walker. I voted for Trump, <laughs> you know, and that will be the punchline. Right. Like 40 years later, I'll be like, hey. that was me that was me um so i'm gonna just talk just for like just a minute about one of my motivations for building liberty af which is going to be a website an e-commerce store wine e-commerce store i'll get to that in a second is because i am all about the proliferation and decentralization of our freedoms both in real world and in the digital world and i feel that a lot of the power has been consolidated to a very small collective of tech companies that are working in conjunction with government. These are for-profit businesses. These are businesses and companies that are owned by shareholders, um, but they're also complicit with uh, manipulating people's emotions, manipulating people's thought by censoring any, any opposition to what their narrative is. And I, I just... It just, uh, I just have some core like issues with that, you know. And if, and again, the reason why I brought up our generation and our age is because I was the person at 15 years old running with another with a friend of mine running a Galacticom BBS right with forms. We had you know uh, uh, a modem bank with seven different phone lines, and I was really fascinated and just overcome with the idea that I could communicate with people on this server and share ideas and we could debate in the forums of the, the popular forums were science, religion, politics. Right. And I was just, I didn't even know what to do with it, you know, and this is right. The internet existed, but it was, it existed in a way where there was like a handful of ISPs like prodigy CompuServe, AOL, and you didn't really go on the internet. You went onto their platform and then you could go on to the World Wide Web. But that yeah, really like, wasn't why people were going online yet. Yeah, you know? like I, I was hitting um, like, like message boards, right. so, like news boards on the internet more than anything else initially. Because I think when I first got on the internet, that I don't think there was a web yet. There wasn't really a whole lot there. There wasn't a lot of infrastructure uh, to support. You know, back then it was like Gopher and some other protocols. Uh, what, what we know today is like normal World Wide Web as far as like websites go. And email and, and IRC and AOL instant message chat a little bit later, like ICQ and some other things were really, really cool and transformed like my whole thought. And I got to learn ideas from a lot of other people. I get to, you know, get exposed to different points of view. Sometimes hostile. Trolling has existed our whole lot. Yeah, forever. Hostile. I wonder what caveman trolls were like. (laughs) He's the guy that put the fire out. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to piss on your fire. I just put the fire out. What are you going to do What are you going to do about a bitch? Um, (laughs) They killed him. (laughs) And then then later, um, you know, I really got into uh, using Linux like in the late 90s, early 2000s, and I was running like servers at home and all that kind of stuff. 
And fast forward, you know, a couple decades, we go into, you know, everything's cloud, everything's uh, social media site. It's all centralized. It used to be the internet started out decentralized, right? You could run your own BBS server, dude. Cool. And I could just dial directly into it. Um, and you could run your own website. And you, you had your own email address. And you could run your own mail server. Our older brother, who's definitely a Gen Xer, um, he set up our, our family email server on a Debian box in 96. That was my first like, exposure. And I didn't, I didn't know a lot about it, but he did. And I learned a lot from him. And so that kind of got me interested in like tech, right? And, you know, just, it wasn't even really a thing yet because now it's like cybersecurity and all this other shit, right? Network engineering. But back then it was like, you didn't even know what your options were in that, in that, in that field. Mm -hmm. Um, And so fast forward a little bit, you know, I'm going to kind of bounce around within the timeline, but I grew up experiencing that freedom. And now I feel everything wants to be verified. They want to read everything. They want to dragnet, surveil everyone, location, all the meta information, and not just meta information, but content, right? Everyone talks about meta information, but what they don't realize is that they're, you know, we as people using social media platforms like Instagram and all this stuff, you're actually giving up that content. Yeah. You're giving up all that intellectual property. It's not yours once you put it on their platform. Well, as as a 14 year old boy, do you know what got me on the internet? Was <laughs> boobs, boobs, boobs. Sure, and, boobs, and boobs, 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 boobs. You know, boobs. before before the web browser, you had to go on. Like, did you have groups. ASCII boobs? Well, sh- no, but they were gifs. They were gifs. Sorry, Isaac, <laughs> gifs. I know. I'm, I'm going with gif on this. Yeah, I think it's. Thank I, you. I Joel. don't care what the inventors yeah. said. I mean, it's, it's GIF graphics. As looks like that, that's fine. Be retarded. <laughs> it's, be wrong. Whatever. There's there is a GIF and it's a peanut butter. <laughs> so that name was taken. Fuck off. It's GIF. <laughs> I like to go to the zoo and look at giraffes. But, but anyway, <laughs> I mean, it, there was there was there was this wild west component. I was a 14 year old kid. I couldn't get access to a paper copy Playboy or because is that because you didn't have any woods near your house? Because that's where I found no, mine. He, he had woods. I had woods. And he was in fact, in, the guy in across the street from me when I... Okay, that's enough of that had. story. <laughs> he, <laughs> he had a nice collection. Not a lot of stories start out well. Or go <laughs> end well that start with the guy across the street. Yeah, so... He was a spook. <laughs> yeah, of course he was. <laughs> he was. It was decent. For half your neighborhood was. Well, and it was when the Berlin Wall was up and he spoke German. And he told everyone, you asked him what he did, he'd say he was a shoe salesman. <laughs> oh man, come on! It's either shoe salesman or travel agent, right? Yeah, some bullshit, right? Sure, sure, bud. Fucking spook. But you know, once the Berlin Wall fell, he didn't have a home, so I don't know what the hell mm. happened with him. Probably ended up in Afghanistan. You should try to track him down. We'll bring him on the podcast. I don't. I'm not really interested in talking to feds. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a friend who's one. <laughs> we, you know who you are. <laughs> Shout out to Charles the Fed. Yeah, Charles the Fed. Um, so. When I, one of the things that I remember about that time was there was nothing that you could do on the internet if you hadn't been taught how to do it. Like, that's there was true. No, there's, no, there's no YouTube videos or anything to you watch. Could, you could figure some things out, but you had to be taught some basic protocols. You had to be taught how to oh, connect. Yeah, for sure. So, what's interesting now is like you go on your phone, you go to the app store, any app that you could possibly download. Any four-year-old could figure it out in minutes 
how to log sure. in, how to create an account, how to and do. You had to, you had to configure your dial string. And you had to figure out what right. protocols you were using and what bit yep. rate you were yeah. going to target and the yep. compression methods. And yeah. it all went into that dial yeah. string. You had to and manually configure the command to send to your modem. Yep, ATDT. I was too retarded to understand any of that. So I relied on that in the past tense. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> like now, I was too retarded. I relied on Josh to just set everything up and something would break and he'd come along and you're like, oh, let's try this. And he would change something. And now I knew, well, next time this breaks, I'll just change that. I didn't know what I was doing, but... Monkey see, monkey do. But now it's like you had to work for that information. You had to earn your participation on the internet and now little kids like they're just like you know they come in your house and well, what's the wi-fi and then that's it that yeah. you don't hear but, it from but, them again but it, but you know i i don't want to parrot other people's arguments but what most people consume is just a thin slice of centralized services right. on the internet not like they're still the frontier they're still right. the figuring out but you you don't have to earn your participation in the on the internet. No. You can just get on Facebook, you can get on Twitter, you can get on any social media platform. Get her, and, bro. And get her. And, <laughs> We're and, gonna talk about that later. And you can just spew your worthless opinion. You can get a podcast. Sure. Not that hard. I'm spewing my worthless <laughs> opinion here. I don't do it on social media really. I don't I don't have a Twitter account, well, yeah. Instagram, I don't have any of that shit. No Facebook. You know what I find interesting too is uh, that's a sidetrack. I won't get into that right now, but it's it's to me there's something to earning your presence somewhere to make you respect it. And a lot of people just don't have any clue or concept what the internet is, uh, and they don't they they don't understand what they're giving up. They don't care what they're giving up. All they want is the attention that they think they're getting from whatever it is they're using. Uh, or right. the convenience, the attention, or the convenience, um, and that's that's not what the the initial use of the internet was. It wasn't it wasn't like freakers like you guys were doing with the internet. You guys were building and exploring and contributing and all this stuff. I'm assuming you were. I was watching him do it. Yeah, oh, and, I was doing amazing shit. I assure you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I think that it's kind of like the difference between the a generation that has earned their prosperity and the generation who just benefits from it. Mm-hmm. They don't appreciate it. They don't understand it. I mean, it's 2022, right? Today, by the way, we're recording this on Sunday or Saturday. No, Saturday, January 15th. Wait a doc. And yeah, no, right. now they're going to find us. They're going to totally find us. You know, do you remember when we were roommates in 2001? Yeah, and sadly. you know, <laughs> even then we were nerding ago, out. Right? I, I remember drinking, and I was in my room, and I came, you know, I, I, I came is this out. A sex story? No, it kind of is. <laughs> I hope not. And I came out. I was like, dude, I finally got my fucking sound card working on my Linux laptop. I had to recompile the kernel oh, and yeah. load the module for it. Days of also, also, like yeah, that. yeah, hundred percent. And I was just like, you know, just so I could play a fucking MP3 on my laptop. Now, could I have just installed Windows? And yeah, but that was boring. That wasn't fun for me. And so the challenge in, in trying to understand how things worked and trying to understand. I had, I had a hard time 
just getting Windows to work. <laughs> Isaac was like, why is Winamp not working? <laughs> I can't Napster. steal music. What's wrong I, with I, this? Isaac's thing? job is to keep other IT professionals employed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, which is which is ironic because he works in technology. Yeah, um, he's he's better know. than most, though. He's better That's than, true. So. That's true, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Can you tell we listen to No Agenda? That's um, true. That's true. Uh, so, I don't know what that is. You guys are weird. <laughs> um, no Agenda show. Uh yeah, anyway, my whole point was to kind of give a little bit of a, a paint a little bit of a picture as far as like where where I started, where you started, where we all kind of started from, right? And we were, we were young back then, and so it was you know, it was cool. It was interesting. And it now possible and it wasn't it was a territory like it was it was for freedom. It Do you realize how old we sound talking like this? No, I know it's it was it, a it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. It, it, it really it, is. It was the Wild West though. You could do whatever the fuck you want. I, you I say whatever you want, and it, like swatting. If you tried swatting somebody online, oh, I have to tell like you something. In the nineties, they never would have shown up. No, I have to no. tell you something funny. Our brother was, you know, same born of the same cloth or cut from the same cloth. I should say. Uh, I went to his apartment one time, and he was like, "You want to see something cool?" And he explained to me how he could nuke somebody's uh, connection to whatever network they were on from his computer. So he was showing me, you know, he was talking to somebody uh, somewhere else and he sent some command and like booted this guy off his own connection. And I was like, do that again. And I couldn't believe it. It was one of the coolest things I ever seen. It's as if you called somebody and then hung up the phone for them. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't remember anything like that. I do remember a Windows, it was an NT or two thousand. It was a long time ago. But if you Telnet to a specific port, it would cause the Windows box to immediately reboot. Oh, really? Yeah. So all you needed was any connection or port from that source IP. So like. It was pretty easy to, mm. like, if you were in like using chat software and shit right. to track people down and <laughs> fucking just randomly reboot people's PCs <laughs> from across the internet. Yeah, uh, that's, that's that, what he was talking. It might have been Windows XP. Even I'm not even sure which one that was. Yeah. It was it was embarrassingly late right. for Microsoft. I think it was. I want to say it was Windows 2000 because it was like really <laughs> the, a. The simple, funny thing is now they can do that to your car, right? And it's a feature. <laughs> oh whatever! Tesla drives that shit out of parking decks and has it waiting for the tow truck driver. Yeah, yeah. Like don't itself don't up. fall behind your payments on tesla you know they'll they'll literally drive it right out your car towed itself it, it does it, 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 it goes yourself. home that's <laughs> what autopilot is really for it's the repo wait, wait it's at my house no 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 it goes home it's <laughs> auto repo back, it goes auto. back to the manufacturer yeah um so i think i think that there's a general idea among uh the people of this generation who were there for the beginning of all this technology who see what happens now and just they're just waving a big red flag like do you have any idea what's happening cuz right. we're yeah. going from this frontier of freedom to full blown electronic fascism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and and wow. nobody knows it's happening i mean yeah you you read stuff well, you get like press or not press releases pe- news pe- stories break and things but people don't technologists understand, understand. people yeah. who are in technology but people who just turn on cnn or nbc or fox or whatever whatever news station if they're getting their their news and information from your mainstream sources they're not they don't understand this because mm-hmm. That's not being reported on. There's nothing. There's no benefit to that. There's nothing. There's no money to make off of that. Doesn't sell uh, pills. Why would we tell you about it? Well, I I think too. From
from our generation, there was definitely had a sense of ownership with technology. Yeah. Like you bought gadgets and you hacked them and you maybe modified the software on them locally. You didn't have big fat data pipes to be able to transmit a lot of shared information like that. Mm -hmm. So everything was, it was about ownership and you own the end product. But now everything's like... You rent everything now. Yeah, you're leasing, you're subscribing... You're you're Mm -hmm. on somebody else's platform, you're using somebody else's services, and it basically forces you to sign away all rights to anything you create. I still have a functioning Nintendo 64 with GoldenEye. (laughs) Dude, that's awesome, actually. And the cheat codes. Nice. So, like, one day that thing might stop working, but I never paid a subscription. I don't have an Xbox Live account, you know. Uh, That thing just... Well, Xbox would be Microsoft. You're talking about Nintendo. Yeah, true. But I don't have a Nintendo account. I don't, you know. I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> I don't have a Nintendo you, account. You dork. How could you, you not dork? know that? You're talking about a totally different platform. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I talk about teenage man. Yeah. I saw the wildest uh, story the other day about how this girl was playing Roblox, and she turned out to be really good at Roblox. She turned out to be so good at Roblox that she got recruited by Roblox to help build more games in Roblox, because it turns mm. out Roblox is like this giant mining farm for kids to identify game developers and, you know, and hire them. And they oh, offered her... It's an autistic mining program. <laughs> They're mining all the autistic <laughs> kids out of the population to turn them into software developers. Getting a good crop this year. These vaccines are doing a great job. Um, <laughs> so she, she gets, uh, she gets uh, hired by Roblox, and they offer her 10% damn for for her work but it's a verbal contract and she ends up doing so well that this game is actually making serious money and she starts making long-term plans at this point she's like 16 years old and she's not gonna go to college now because she's just going straight into game design and then all of a sudden roblox is like yeah we're going to have to pay you less a lot less like less than half of what we were doing and and her parents and her are like oh we're gonna sue roblox like (laughs) you are 16 years old and you are making like 50 grand right from this project on a verbal agreement you don't even know how lucky you are in the first place this is just what this is is a an expensive lesson for you this is not a right for you to sue some game company like our our priorities are just so backwards like she's it ruined my life, you know, like, you're, what? <laughs> yeah, you, you were just playing the game beforehand, before we even came across you. 16, your life is not over. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, hard lessons, you know, and I think. Yeah, I, it's I, like, I, there you go. Like, everybody learns lessons. Sometimes those lessons but are that's, so painful. That's the best lessons are, are the most painful. Yeah, I bet you that, won't do that again. kind of a gen, I, I feel like, I mean, this is a particular case that you're talking about, but I feel like a lot of Gen Z mentality is entitlement. You know, people yeah. talk about um, privilege, right? And, uh, you know, the, and, you know, there may be a lot of truth to that. I'm not going to deny any of that. But my point is, is that I have always worked really hard to, at everything I've done. And every company I've worked at, and I've been self-employed for the last 10 years. And it's, um, it's not easy, you know. And so the, the reward in your, your exchange for your, your, your knowledge and your skill sets and your labor 
um, will vary. And there's this mentality I see with this generation of like, well, I exist, therefore I get, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I'm not saying, I'm, I don't want to blanket everybody because there are a lot of smart kids out there who are driven. Um, are there a lot? Well, there might be at least seven or six, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a basic econ course would just kind of fix a lot of things, like explaining scarcity. And Man, the they're, they're trying to get rid of, like, post- even arithmetic. I understand. You but, know? But if people just understand that we don't live in a post-scarcity world, that that drives pricing and that drives markets <laughs> but, and that drives... Yeah, there's a lot of other countries supply. who are who do much better. Here's the thing. On, on, a, at, on, a, uh, on a cultural level, on a large-scale level, this is not a fixable problem. No, because this problem is not derived by any single source. It's not a consequence of a single set of actions. This is a consequence of prosperity and peace. Unfortunately, that's the case. And well, we just came out of twenty years of war, man. What so, are you yeah, trying but to do? Not, I wasn't here. <laughs> no. I know, I know, I know. You're so right. What you're saying is we need to invite the Russians to invade. Oh, that's already happening. Uh, no, I'm saying... Yeah, we know Donald Trump invited them to do that already. Yeah. Isn't that what the... the yeah, Donald Trump was responsible Wasn't for... Uh, with the Russia gate? I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what yeah, yeah, that was a... That was the secret message of him pissing on the bed. Right. Was, Come take our country. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, all of our armed citizens will lay down there. This guns. is not... this. I mean, this is not a secret. This is just history playing itself out, you know? Uh, we We were incredibly fortunate to be in the position we were in World War II... And post World War II, and I mean that from a purely like just stats. I'm not saying it was right or wrong. I'm just saying stats. We were incredibly lucky to be in the position that we were in, and it was great for the 50s, and the 60s, and the 70s, and even the 80s. And then we started to reap it in the 90s, mm-hmm. and here we are, 30 years later. We're just in the the cycle of reaping what we sowed for good or for bad, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so we're not going to teaching econ and, and, and basic arithmetic in school. It's like, well, yeah, that might fix some issues, but it's well, not so going to take us off the track. It's, more of, a, it's more of a symptom of the problem. Right. right. The fact yeah. that there's so much of the population that can be ignorant. And I think they said something like 30% of the U S population is functionally illiterate. <laughs> so they can't, they can't do things like understand how much they have in their checking account to spend. Like it's a serious, well, I like money. I like money. <laughs> What's the minus of one billion from two billion? <laughs> I love when uh, I love when people get on Twitter and they say like, you know, I've, I've seen this probably three or four times. Every time there's like they're doing the stimulus or whatever, uh, and they'll say like, well, you know, there's three hundred million people. There's three hundred million people, and we're going to spend three trillion people. That means everybody should. If we just gave a million dollars, million dollars, everybody, everybody will be all great. You know, and it's just like no, 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 no. You get like twelve hundred dollars, dude. <laughs> that's not. That's not how you math. Um, but you know, I it, it it's it's interesting because uh, in this in this kind of category, if you will, as far as like trying to separate individual from corporate overreach Mm -hmm. and government overreach it seems to be the older demographic that actually cares and not the younger demographic now it doesn't mean that nobody younger doesn't care but there's they were born into this Mm -hmm. it was like whether it was like getting on social media platforms email address using gmail using and and especially in the last couple of years with the pandemic with everyone doing a lot of remote learning and everything, it's like these well, kids. No, no, no. Remote school, not remote. Oh, learning. remote school. Yeah, I, I, I sit corrected. Yeah, um, is that they've been 
without knowing it, sucked into the information pipe of getting all that information, all that information on Dude, these kids. I don't know of any schools that don't use Google Suite. Right. For their every student has a Google account. Right. Right. And and I was actually oh my gosh, this you're gonna love this. Both of you guys, you're gonna love this. I went to preview a middle school for my youngest and um somebody they had a panel, a few teachers, a few students, a few parents. And the question to the panel was, you guys talk about all the art you're doing and the music and the drama. It's great. Uh, what kind of programs do you have for teaching technology to the students? And the answer was, uh, we have a lot. Well, the, the students are learning how to use Microsoft Teams, Outlook, and Google Suite. And I was just like, okay, that wow. answers that question. <laughs> wow. Wow. Not like, hey, they're learning Python or Go or how to run a website or, you know. I, I, I don't even think like most kids should even learn Python. I mean, that's that's like well, no, 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 like but, but in the context of I technology think, specifically, I think, I think it's important to teach kids things that they can't apply immediately. Teach them, teach them about like IP address subnetting, like class ABC. <laughs> sure, that way, you know, they have this information. Give but them you can't the fuck up your PC too badly. <laughs> Give them the, 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 the TCP/IP jumpstart book, man. That was yeah. a great book to learn on. But like, I think I think you need to learn about what computing is. I think you need to sure. learn about how. The internet works, not how to use apps on the internet. Like right. nobody needs an, an education in Google Suites. Like, okay, I could, you could make the argument that in order to be a successful marketer, you probably should learn how Google Analytics works and how to apply that to a business. Maybe, maybe, but maybe, maybe, but as the guy who has the most experience in like big Fortune 500 companies sitting at this table, um, the only thing that anybody cares about, the one skill above all else that I have that people looked at me like I was some kind of amazing god. Is how to reboot the computer when it was not working? Microsoft Excel. Oh, oh my yeah. god. You know, I am amazed that anybody cares enough to learn it at the levels I've seen it used. I'm just, in, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm like, you can do a pivot who table. the hell like, would oh, put yeah, in the magic. effort to learn how to do this magic? You know, because I'm just not that. But, you know, learning Excel is a great skill set, and it's a great prerequisite for those. Hey, can you top me up, too? It does. Mm-hmm. Prerequisite for, for being a D, uh, DBA. It does It does teach logic. And, you know, when you start typing in an equal and a formula, and it gives you, like, some indication of what the usage is, it teaches you to start to reason through and problem-solve stuff. Yeah. So and, yeah. I think it is good for that. And you can, you know, basic algebra yeah, would be good for kind of figuring out. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the, not, these are all—it's not a, the fact that it's like the killer business app. Kind of <laughs> speaks a lot about the impressive <laughs> people that make up the business. Well, you know, and you're right. Um, They're so, proud of their spreadsheets too. Yeah, they are. I was a you know in a previous life, I was a, a business intelligence consultant, and we did business objects and SAP implementation. So part of my job was to go in and do the implementation, usually on site, anywhere from two weeks to a couple of months, depending upon the the, the scope. And it was it was wild because you know just to piggyback on the Excel thing, it was like these companies were like having these massive problems with equating things. It, uh, I'll give you an example. One was an oil company. I won't say which oil company, but you know they're in the Midwest, and they were just trying to develop this formula for 
figuring out their average fuel cost factor. And basically, using Microsoft SQL, I, th- I think we were using Microsoft SQL or possibly Oracle, but it was, you know, just plugging in the information and calculating what they needed to determine what their average daily fuel cost factor was. And this information was important for them because that determined whether or not it was cost effective for them to use their own fuel in their own gas stations or sell theirs to Exxon and buy from Shell out to a thousandth of a cent, a thousandth of a cent because of the amount of the quantity we're talking about here over a period of a quarter could equal hundreds of thousands or millions of fucking dollars, you know? And so it's just getting information, right? Information that exists, but putting it away. And of course we do visualization and we do automated reports and we do fancy dashboards and all that kind of cool stuff. But at the end of it, it was just, it was the same thing. It was fancy Excel is what it was. And it, it made me realize yeah, like it was way better than Excel. I installed well, sure. objects to, to abuse a data warehouse at work yeah. a long time ago for yeah. like some ticket data because, because the built-in tools that they gave us to access the data warehouse, they couldn't do shit. It was like this web driven thing back in the day when right. like it just wasn't there yet. And so, Okay, yeah, so in my own hands. I have to bring this back down to the stupid level because I'm right. not sure everybody well, understands what you're saying. We're drifting. There. We're drifting. I have Thank a, you, Isaac. I have to tell you a story about information security. Uh, I worked. I used to work for the government and um, Fed. No, not Fed. Steady, steady. Okay, and um, they were implementing a new security system where we all had to like get special IDs. And they were going to greatly advance the security of our shit, right? To to uh, quote a movie line, um, and this involved uh, the Office of Personnel Management to come in and uh, put us all through FBI fingerprinting, um, running new background checks on all of us, and making sure, very very sure, that even though we all worked there, that we weren't a security threat. You know, and that's how you got fired. They, so they bring in this team, this three person found team. your basement tapes from college. Yeah, they found the basement <laughs> tapes. Those were Cody's basement tapes. <laughs> so they bring in this team and everybody has to sit down with one of these guys and go through the uh, the process to set up your login. Right. And during this process, they are sharing computers with each other and a computer would get locked and in front of an unknown person, they would call out, hey, uh, what's the password on this machine? And the other person would just tell them the password in front. And I'm like, why are we getting fingerprinted by the FBI right now? You guys are sharing passwords in front of strangers. Like, strangers, you're too lazy to get up out of the chair and just type the password in. Right, right. (laughs) And I was like, this... And then what happened to the OPM after that? Anybody? They got hacked. And the Chinese stole all the personal information of everybody who had an OPM record. Millions of federal employees. I remember that. I'm pretty sure Reuters reported it was Russia. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, of course. Definitely the Russians. Yeah, definitely not the Chinese. Um, definitely not the Chinese. So uh, I'm going to take us in a completely other direction real cool. quick. Cool. I saw on Twitter today a headline. Good news. Good news? Yes. The new governor of Virginia, who is Youngkin, 
yeah. has deleted the diversity, equity, and inclusion section of the governor's website for the state of Virginia. My man. My That's a start. Man. It's a good start. And people ask, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? You can you, go into your company's diversity, equity, and inclusion drives shared folders and deleted them. <laughs> that's what i was gonna say <laughs> and if you're uh <laughs> are you really you're gonna incite <laughs> potentially like criminal activity well you can always plead ignorance the first time right i'm sorry i didn't realize that's what i was doing i thought i was sharing all it. the uh it bins out there you yeah. know to start Oops, did i dude's name right ben. click dude's delete name <laughs> that was the um well i was gonna say you know like People who are doing this type of thing, like you can send 25 bucks to Governor Youngkin's reelection campaign to let him know you appreciate what he did. Maybe other people can. I, maybe maybe I can't I'm just expressed to you how poor I am. You could, you could drive to Virginia and shake his hand and creep him out. I can't afford that. I came all guessing. the way from college. Uh, can, can we start a Patreon so I can oh, go to the Virginia? No, we're, we're definitely going to be doing all the, the Patreon <laughs> and sponsorships. We're going to whore ourselves out. I'm a huge guys. fan of the value for value model, but this platform, this show, no, we're going to whore it out. We're going to whore it out for the, for the fans. We're going to have an OnlyFans account even. I'll get I, I still think only abuse is the way to go. Only abuse? I like this idea. I'm yeah. not going to steal it, but I like the idea. Well, I'm not going to do it, so I'll share it with the world. This so is where we get canceled, like episode one. Episode one, yeah, we're canceled. So, so dudes don't have the ability to make the kind of money on OnlyFans that chicks do. Like, I can't sell my farts to chicks in a glass jar. Right. That's you I'm just, just haven't found the right chicks. I'm not going to be making fifty. I'm going to. You need to find a lot of chicks. Yeah. Uh, so what can we do? Well, we can create a website called Only Abuse, where we just hurl emotional and verbal abuse at at needy women who can't tolerate good guys right or maybe they have a good guy but they need they need to feel like they need to be their fix you know yeah and i think you know five dollars a month to get a a personalized that's way too dude. five bucks i don't even buy you a latte Uh, that's true i mean like if somebody has to read their name off of I think it's because it's. I mean, you're not going to charge it like like what like a a cameo type thing, but like I'd say at least a you know fifty to a hundred. Fifty, like it's oh, like Fiverr. Oh, see, I was like, more you could like set your own ten dollar subscription. I mean, I feel like, like oh, okay, you're gonna go for the subscription model. I like this. Do you get one a week? A tier. One week for that, or? Well, I think maybe it's like yeah, a, there'll be tears. At the ten dollar, <laughs> at the ten dollar rate, at the ten dollar subscription level, you get the canned one that goes out to like you know, you know, tens of thousands of people. You don't get a custom one. I think for a custom one, it's gonna be like fifty bucks a month. I don't know. I think I think the the tears should be named after like. I don't know, abusive relationships maybe. <laughs> well, like like here's it's an Alec, interesting here's, idea. here's the Alec Baldwin for fifty but bucks a month you get. This is definitely not gonna be a, a, a Liberty AF sanctioned app. This will definitely <laughs> fall under some other shell company because you know, I think that this could go a couple of different ways and you know I'm not, I don't I, I'm not we don't have enough money for lawyers yet. I'm what not, are, you know? what are we if we're not brave? I'm, I don't know, but I'm not less normally, than brave. I'm not normally allowed to speak, so the fact that I'm on a podcast is pretty <laughs> amazing. I think you could be really good at this, Joel. I think you could make a lot of money. Yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry Christmas, and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Hey, by the way, we're, did you see the clip of uh, Joe Biden when he was like talking about? It was like doing a press conference, like, "Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to do anything else or say anything else." You know, it's like, dude. You're the president, man. No, he's not. Do whatever you he's, want. I mean, I know. 
I, I just don't get me wrong. I'm, he was president, but the, he the shadow cabal of his wife and God knows who else that's actually running the show will never be identified. It could be Hunter. Maybe Hunter's running the show he, behind the he scenes. Held, he held the office of president. You know, held the office. Yeah, that's a pretty political. But let's not forget correct way to state that. Let's not forget the first senile president was Reagan. That's true. Uh-huh. He got a pass. He got a lot of free passes. Well, but Reagan was loved before he was elected because he was an actor. Joe Biden's been a politician his whole life, and I don't know anybody that really loves the guy. Joe Biden's been acting for 40 years. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Wow. He's been lying. There. He's not, he doesn't even... Everything that... Every lie that man's ever told is on, like, audio at least, and most of it's on video. And it's, like, provable that this guy is just a... a compulsive liar and now that he's senile all of the lying is just that much more sad i think it's i think it's abuse i think we should we should string his wife up for abusing for his elder abuse yeah. yeah i mean is it really her fault i, mean, I don't he, know it could be the dnc's it. fault she's she's clearly holding the leash she i think she likes it i think she's like oh this lets me spend a lot of time in front of the camera i'm mm. doc i'm dr jill I'm why dr. would you want to be in front of a camera if you looked like her she thinks she looks good. You don't know. <laughs> she thinks she's some yeah. shit, man. Those, that's the thing is people honestly believe they're better than everybody else. And I think she's just of that ilk. I, I get that sense. I firmly understand that I'm not better than anybody else. I am the bottom of the bottom. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give well, a Well, as Joe Biden said, you're better than everybody else and you're not better than anybody else. That's what his dad told him. That's okay. His dad told him a lot of confusing shit. I've got a lot of questions for his father. <laughs> Who's corn pop exactly? <laughs> so, uh, so that's some good news from from Twitter. Yeah, that's good news. Um, you know, there's a, some other you know there's some other things that are happening. Um, so my my interest, my motivations for doing this is definitely more on the digital and tech liberation side of things. So when I say that, um, I, it's kind of a blanket statement to talk about. That, you, you, you say know, you're wanting to take your ownership back of your digital life? Uh, just kind of sovereignty in all aspects. Sovereignty? Sound like a terrorist. It, it might be. It might domestic, be terrorist, domestic, domestic extremist. I want to be able to conduct commerce without asking for permission. Fucking terrorist. Terrorist. Yeah. Buy Bitcoin. So, you know... <laughs> Get I'm just vaccinated. Um, <laughs> Get vaccinated against the U.S. dollar. Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, you know, it is clown world. It's been clown world for the last couple of years. I mean, it's been clown world for a long time, but it's just been amplified. Yeah. And, you know, when I talk about, you know, that whole, you know, liberating yourself from big tech, I it does, it's a big pill to swallow because yeah. it means... <clears throat> To take back your data, it means to get off Apple, get off Google. It means to, you know, run your own server. It means run your own Bitcoin node. And there's a lot of things and there's a lot of guides that we're going to be working on to help people. Because, I mean, I understand talking about it and people kind of understand in the abstract. But getting down into the nuts and bolts of it, it's it's literally, you know, it is power. Information is power. It's a, it's not only just a commodity. It's control. You know, dragnet surveillance and and everything uh, that you do is being cataloged and documented, so it can retroactively be accessed and looked at and analyzed. And, th- and it may not be because you're a target. It may be because you're associated or connected with a target. Whether and when I say a target, I don't mean someone who's doing something illegal. I'm talking about attending a protest. That's like, illegal. 
like right now the EFF is going after the, the San Francisco Police Department. Uh, the hearing got pushed to next week sometime. Uh, I don't know if it's a hearing or, or the initial hearing, but they were doing dragnet surveillance over all of the BLM protesters. Whether you agree or disagree with BLM, it doesn't matter. The, the fact is that people should have the right to protest. They should have the right to rally. They should have the right to speak. And they should have that freedom to do it without the fear of being surveilled by government and and associating and creating basically a matrix of connections based upon their digital footprint. Because that's what's happening. Yeah, I saw a um, a data leak back in 2020 uh, it wasn't a, it it came off as a data leak but i think it was actually like a intelligence operation specifically designed to continue to promote strife between the groups and what it was was a basically a uh, what kind of a map would you call this like a uh, a map of connections between people yeah, I kind of think of like, like a, a matrix, of, like a matrix, like I, I kind of mapping. Yeah. yeah, I kind of picture like when you're watching a TV show or a movie when they're doing like FBI profiling and they have all the artifacts up right. on a wall and all so the what yarn was, connecting from this person and that person. It was, it was almost kind of like a spider web, kind of. Right. At the center were the people with the most connections, and as you went out from there, it was people with less and less connections. This file was in the hundreds of gigabytes. Wow. And you had to like do a special thing i don't know i'm the retard in the group you had to do like some you had to download this using some special application looking at it with some and the detail in this document or this map wasn't a document it was a it was a file um and this was all the antifa connections basically around the whole country and Uh, all of this information was derived from social media and phone records right and you know the right Interestingly enough, the right who's complaining and bitching about how the government is targeting them, we're so excited. Like, oh, you know, now some of these guys are going to pay the price and everything. Of course they are. This goes back to the, you know, uh, what happened to this country? How did we get here? Well, a big part of how we got here was September 11th. George W.H. Bush, man. Patriot Act, bro. And the outcry. Expansion of the National Defense Authorization Act. The outcry. The wailing, the gnashing of teeth, sure. the praise, the support, all of it was completely inverse to what it is now. It was the liberals who were crying about surveillance. It was the liberals who were complaining about being targeted for being domestic terrorists. It was the liberals crying about the imprisonment of American citizens. It was the right who was like, shut up. We are at war with terrorism, right? And if you guys don't if you, shut up, if you're not on board, you're not you're a patriot. Not, the terrorists you're not for win. Us, you're against us, right? Yeah, and and I I I said this a lot in 2002 and 2003. Like you are going to live to to regret your support for this because mm-hmm. it's not always going to be George W. Bush with the controls. Somebody else is going to get the controls, and you're going to wish you didn't enable this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got called a communist for saying that you know um and a terrorist sympathizer and i'm like all right fine and here we are 17 years later and we are reaping Mm -hmm. that you know i mean like it's it's absurd that people didn't see this coming Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's totally believable so you're Um, you're talking about like the electronics like sure all that stuff i look at this more from a historical perspective these corporate tech giants and the government stealing all the money. These are just warlords. 
That's all they are. They're just warlords. And we are the peasants. And we are trying to figure out how to not get our heads chopped off. Right? And and this is a uh, a game that's played itself out countless times over history. And it's different tools. They're not chopping your head off with a sword. They're chopping your head off with your social credit score. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. Or your vaccination status. Vaccination or, status, all yeah, that. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's played itself out over and over again. And the people who stand up and resist, a lot of them die. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them go to prison or, you know, otherwise. Or a lot of them get their houses uh, burnt to the ground with with kids inside and tanks blowing through the walls. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or you just roll over and you be a good little slave and do exactly what you're told. Right. Because it's safer for your family. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of people whose risk tolerance, they don't, they can barely handle going to the grocery store and seeing somebody without a mask. You think they're going to stand up against anything? No, they don't recognize they're a victim of tyranny. Yeah. They don't understand tyranny. And any you, if you use the word tyranny, people look at you like you're crazy, like you're out of touch with time and reality. But the truth is, just because technology changed doesn't mean that the fundamentals of personal freedoms changed. You've gotta you've gotta take ownership of those and protect them yourself and stand up and use your your personal liberty or else you know, people will close those gaps on you real quick. Mm-hmm. And that, like, people think that, like, this is an argument I hear a lot. Like, there's no such thing as real freedom, and you might as well just uh, sub- submit because, like, it keeps everything calm, and you don't, you know, you're not, you're not going to don't def- rock the boat. You're not going to defeat the government with your AR-15. That's not the point. The point is maintaining the sovereignty of your own decisions. If that means you have a decision to make that results in whether or not you're going to follow the program and go on to have a meaning or like a meaningless slavery life, or you're going to stand up and assert your right to be, make your own decisions. And that ends up with you going to jail. You are more free than the person who decided to just surrender mm-hmm. their sovereignty. Right on my man. You're going to get us all arrested for sedition. I love <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> First podcast sedition. coming out of the gate. Edition. Um, <laughs> coming out of the gate on episode one with, uh, like probably, uh, if it, like a rubber stamp warrant used to surveil all our shit, you read. Uh, I read um, uh, what uh, Victor Frankel's uh, uh, book about his time in the concentration camp, and just because you ended up in a concentration camp does not mean you're not free. You still have a decision to make every day when you get up. What? Right. How are you going to handle this? Like, you didn't decide to have some Gestapo agent show up to your door put a hood over your head, throw you on a train, and put you in a concentration camp. But you do get to decide what you're going to do that day when you wake up. And if your choice is survival and maintaining your, uh, your, your ethics and your principles, or your choice is to become a prison guard at Auschwitz because you'll get more food if you become right. a prison guard. Right. There are choices to make all through all of this stuff. Right. Um, and so... The definition of freedom is not, you know, uh, whether or not you're allowed to leave your house at a certain time. The definition of freedom is, are you retaining your right to decide for yourself what you're going to do? And so, you know, are you going to get vaccinated or not? Well, as long as it's your choice, do whatever you want. Right. As long as you maintain your sovereignty in that choice, do what you want. If you feel like the vaccine is the best move for you, because you've evaluated the evidence to the best of your ability and you decide this is the way I'm going to go, 
not because well, and that would be the case for a lot of uh, uh, you know whether it's a vaccine or a medication, right? Mm-hmm. If you are gaining weight and you're on the border of um, being diagnosed with diabetes, like type two diabetes or something, and it's like, well, you have a choice to make. You can keep going down this path, and we're going to have to put you on insulin, and you're going to have a lot of possibly other issues, or you can change your diet. You can start exercising. You can start, you know, you know, it's America. So most people are going to fucking right. keep eating their oh, Cheetos, but like that. yeah, I know. But every my, time but, I exercise, I get hurt. <laughs> I just my point, sweat a lot. <laughs> my, my point is it's, it is a choice mm-hmm. and everyone has the right to make the choice that they want for their life. Yeah. Now, if your choice is to be a know, fat, disgusting bastard, that's fine. As long as you're not relying on everybody else to save your ass for doing it. Sure. You know, sure. But, you know, um, it, it, it's, it, you know, my, my thing is just, it is bleeding over into not just making decisions for yourself on a daily basis. There are decisions being made for you that are bleeding into other parts of your life through digital means that you actually don't get a say in. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm, you know, everyone at this point in time, you know, Everyone needs to be able to communicate and a lot of people work remote and you need a phone. You need uh, different things to like basically just get through the day, right? A lot of your uh, interactions and whether it's email and, and instant messaging and all these different things. And it's like, you don't get to decide whether or not that's being surveilled. Now you can decide whether or not you want to put an Alexa in your home. You can decide whether or not you want to, you know, have listening devices and all that kind of stuff. But some things people don't really feel like they have a choice on. And they feel like they don't have a way to opt out of it. And that's that's kind of where I want to help fill that void. I, I think a, a lot of people don't feel like it's easy to opt out. It's not easy. I'm going to be honest. It's not necessarily easy. And anything that's worth doing usually isn't. Starting a business isn't easy. Mm-hmm. But I, I think a lot of people don't know that they need to opt out. They're not aware of how much the services and devices they're using are tracking them, what they're retaining. Because think about the complexity of a terms of service agreement. Mm -hmm. It's like 50,000 pages. Nobody realistically has the time to read that. You have no idea what you're agreeing to when you sign up for that shit. Well, and a lot of of those terms change. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it too is you got to tell people like, hey, you know, I understand. I love iCloud. Don't get me wrong. It's super convenient. But are you aware that the reason that you can't send a picture right away via text message when you take it is because it's got to go upload to iCloud even if you're not using it to store your pictures and they scan that picture before it'll allow it to send so it's a it's a retention mechanism for apple Mm -hmm. i i i'm again i'm the retard i'm late to the party on a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. and say you're a retard but you're really not you're not i mean dude you're (laughs) you've come a long way wait wait till i finish what i'm about to say okay all right (laughs) I didn't know that iCloud did facial scanning and recognition oh, yeah. until, like, retard. until like 2019. Like, talk about late to the party. My friend, he goes, oh, I'm looking for this photo, and he just clicks on this this group of photos in his thing, and it's just his pictures of himself. Right. I'm like, do you make photo albums of all these different pictures? He's no, iCloud does that. Yeah. iCloud does. How does iCloud do that? Well, they scan all these photos and they just pick out the ones that are similar. And I'm like, do you understand the power of what just happened? Right. You know, uh, if they can identify faces and things like that, what, what can they not? Like, what, what, where's the limit? 
Right. And, and if anything should be an example of that, and I don't care if you think January 6th was a riot, you don't, if you think it was a protest, if you think it was an insurrection, it should bother you that they were able to track down 700 people using sure just their phone signals sure I and mean, they just throw they have some mc catchers out there caught all the uh, imei numbers for all the, the phones they basically have direct access to all the cell phone carriers they're able to basically correlate that to all the account holders and know instantly who who owns the phone who owns the phone number this is you know a lot of people think like oh they have to hack people and you know that's all done under a rubber stamp freaking warrant too that's not like they took the time and you know built cases on all these people. Went to court, went to a judge, had him sign it. No, 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 no. no. This happens interactively. I, I think it's cute, even just the, the the framing that you have there of you know oh you know rubber stamped warrants and stuff like. Truthfully, you know where 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 appropriate like YouTube people were streaming and stuff like that. These companies Google turned around. And gave that data. Yeah, Here they didn't are, need a warrant. Yeah, <laughs> sure, so, of so, course. So the feds didn't even need the warrant because these tech companies aren't bound. They're not technically part of the government. Therefore, they don't have to worry about encroaching on your liberties. Well, and I think that there's a little bit of scratch my back, will scratch yours, right? Oh, absolutely. Because, because, because you know, most of these companies were founded with government money. Sure. Google was not an altruistic thing when it started, you know... They took they took government money specifically for the purposes of indexing content and learning to track and identify people. Like that was all part of of the plan, mm-hmm. you know. And now the government can reap the benefits of this private company holding all of that data because the government doesn't have to file a warrant to get mm-hmm. that information. The company that they subsidized well, <laughs> to to get them off the ground—that's now one of the biggest companies on the planet. We're going on like what nine years since Snowden exposed, you know, all this information about the NSA, and half of Americans think he's a traitor, right? And it's exactly the opposite half of pe- of the Americans who thought he was a patriot when he re- when he first released the information that he found, right? You know, um, and it's the same with with Julian Assange when mm-hmm. Julian Assange. And WikiLeaks dropped the video of the helicopter attack on the journalists. It was all the liberals who were singing his praises. And it was all the conservatives and Republicans saying he was a traitor to the country. And now it's flipped right on its head. I'm going to read you just a really um, uh, quick quote. And I want you to tell me who it is. Um, Oh, I like this game. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh you could do a whole show of just this game (laughs) actually (laughs) yeah actually uh here let me hear me pull it up i've got the url right here i just had to pull it out of my notes um yeah okay here we go so this is uh i'm gonna read this it's 2013 okay i won't read this next sentence because it'll give away but basically uh this particular person gives a speech titled the going dark problem okay This is back in 2013. Solemnly, he warns of an emerging crisis within law enforcement. Since the Snowden disclosures, increasing public awareness of surveillance has encouraged the wide-ranging use of encryption technologies, what he calls the tech tool of choice of criminals. Choice for criminals. And this is a direct quote. Unfortunately, the law hasn't kept pace with technology, and this disconnect has created a significant public safety problem. 
We call it going dark. You know who said that? I know because I listened to another podcast that just covered this. That was James Comey. Yeah. Right? So the reason why I read that, why I think it's interesting, and this is actually from a website called DarkFi, and this is part of the the intro to their manifesto. By the um, way, Comey didn't write that. Well, he's way too dumb. He, that was he did not write it. I'm that sure he didn't for him. I'm sure it was written by a speechwriter, 100%. Yeah. But my point is, is that the idea that we want to actually have privacy within our digital life is looked at as criminal, as yeah. a potentially criminal act. Like we have something to hide. Yeah. It's like, no, I just don't want you to know about it, James. Wow. Do I get to put a microphone in your house and listen to everything you and your family talks they, about? They need, they need to go ahead and just look at the Fourth Amendment. I mean, well, sure. What, but, what Fourth Amendment? <laughs> I understand we keep waping our ass with it, but at some point you have to get it to hold water again mm-hmm. or it's never going to hold water again. So, I think we're at that point. Uh, I think we're at the point we have dismantled the First Amendment. We have dismantled the Fourth Amendment and the Fifth Amendment. Uh, for some reason, and maybe this is why this amendment exists, we have not yet dismantled the Second Amendment. No, because there's so many gun owners in the country that once they put it to a vote, like if the outcome isn't, isn't what they want, isn't what they want, they're it's, fucked. It's probably civil war at that right. point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's well, we're going to come get them anyway. I think is probably the response. And then it's kind of open warfare. Yeah, every other Western country that successfully implemented gun control has talked the populace into giving up their guns. Yep. They didn't go and take and, them. And what happens? What are you hearing from Australians? Oh, uh, it's the bastion of freedom and liberty down no, there. No, well, maybe... <laughs> Everything's all, going really there's well. A, there's a, right, exactly. <laughs> they're saying... They're, don't, they're all at the beach. They're saying, their freedom. don't give up your guns. Yeah. These people are being thrown in concentration camps. Call them what you will. They're concentration camps. Yeah. They're reconditioning them. They're reprogramming them. You know, you got you got a little sniffle. You got a little cough. Oh, yeah. You know? no, you're going to have to come with us. You're, you're, to come you're with sick us. until proven healthy. Right. Yep. And, and for what, the flu? All three of us have had COVID. It yep. sucked, but I mean. Well, yeah. it, it wouldn't matter if it was Ebola. It's not a justification to no, do that. No, of course not. That's the thing is like, I, I, I don't like this minimization of COVID as, as like, well, it's not even justified because it's just a cough. I don't care if it's hemorrhagic fever that is killing 30% of the people who contract it. That is not a reason to lock down your country and take away people's rights. Yeah, and shut down businesses. It's up to everybody to manage their own risk. If, and if even, you see people outside killing over AF, dude. Ham- yeah. hemorrhagic fever, then you if know it, what I'm going to do? Yep. I might stay inside. Until dude, if I it's Mother Nature that has selected me for to murder me, I'm like, that sucks. That would be horrible. I would If, if 30% of people are dying from, from a disease, that means one of us at this table would be dead from that. Well, and that would be horrible, but it'd be less horrible than the government doing it to well, you. It's, it, for me, it's just the absurdity that, like, this false premise that everybody lives forever and we always have. And this is the first time in history that people have died of a cold or flu. I got news for you. Something has to kill old people. Their immune systems are weakened. So, you know, coronaviruses are typically really good agents for removing the elderly part of your population. This is just the cycle, the natural order. We we don't want to use the Adistrup? No. No, at the stroop. No, at the um, I mean, you have to you have to say that carefully because 
you may sound like you're justifying getting rid of old people I'm on instead the, of accepting the natural consequences. I'm on the, uh, I, do, I do want to ask how much are they drawing in social security <laughs> collectively? I'm on the CDC. I'm on the CDC.gov website. Ah, uh, yes. About 659,000 people in the United States die from heart disease each year. That's one in every four deaths. That's more than COVID killed. Where Way is more. the fucking outrage? Why heart are we disease, not locking down the cheeseburgers? Heart <laughs> disease costs the United States about 363 billion dollars each year from 2016 to 2017 this includes the cost of healthcare services medicines and lost productivity to death well it's interesting because that statement identifies who's benefiting yeah I from mean, health from from heart disease yeah so i mean like, like it says we're we not have throwing these that losses. money in the ocean yeah that money's not <laughs> lost per se it's just going into somebody else's pocket so whose pocket is it at least they fucking told you there yeah sure who's collecting the money sure i mean my point is is that you know up to four hundred thousand people a year die from medical errors Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. I, and it, and if it, you know my background, you know I know that. Yes. And, 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 and they also tend to swarm in July when the new med students right. are hitting the... And you don't think twice about going to the doctor to get help for your condition. By the way, just, just for context, that's one person dying every 36 seconds. <laughs> for From a heart disease? From heart disease. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where's, there goes another one. Where's the outrage? Yeah. This podcast has already been going on for an hour and eight minutes. Oh shit, we've killed like we've killed <laughs> a lot like, of people. We've killed like two hundred yeah. people. Yeah. So, <laughs> so again, this goes back to the like that stat does not include the age. Now no. you could you could get the stats and break it down. Sure, by age. sure, sure. But how many of those people? So so have, about eight. It says about eighteen point two million adults age twenty and older have. Uh, oh, that's actually a different stat. Sorry, but uh, yeah, I mean, how, ma- how many of the people who suffer from and die of heart disease have exceeded the average lifespan for their gender? Mm. That's that's going to be a harder one to answer, but. Well, we we, I, we know I, what the average lifespan is in this country, and we can say all the people who died of heart disease what is, after that age. So, what is the average? The average male lifespan is seventy eight, seventy eight or seventy nine. Women are like 80, uh, 81. 81 or eighty two. So, so yeah. total reported deaths in the United States. Um, and this is on usafacts.org for uh, con, for reference. Uh, due to COVID, which we all know is complete bullshit because everyone that came into a hospital because they're financially incentivized to mark everyone down with a bullshit test. I'm sorry, uh, you're venturing into conspiracy right. theory and I'm yeah. going to have to mute your we, mic from now on for the rest of the show. Anyway, we're going to de-platform you. Right, right. It's 843,000 people. By right? the way, if you want if you want a good example of the documentation of exactly how that worked, go read Cheryl Atkinson's uh, yes. reporting on this because yeah. she has examples of this happening. And one of her starkest examples what was is here in yeah. Colorado. Yeah. What's he in for? Car accident? Give him a PCR test. He's positive. He's dead. COVID. Yeah. Why? Free because money. we're financially incentivized to say that he died due to COVID. And, and when, when they calculate the cost of COVID, when they calculate what COVID did to our economy, the money spent on handing hospitals money every time they dealt with a COVID patient gets included in that total. Right, it does. Uh, well, I'd also like to share my perspective that COVID didn't do shit to our economy. COVID didn't close. No, our state. government did. Our, our supposed leaders, which mm-hmm. I take issue with that, right? They're supposed to be public servants. They didn't serve us very well. They just <gasps> totally fucked us. You but need a sound effect for the gasp. Is this... Uh 
is it are we are we going into a little bit next level no, territory here? No. <laughs> because the you know the Nancy Pelosi uh, portfolio tracker was deleted on Twitter. It was, but the TikTok one is still out. And, and so was the so was the Jolene Maxwell yeah, trial the tracker. Are all about keeping that going? Uh, didn't Jolene Maxwell kill herself? Uh, so, not yet. Uh, not yet. Give it I time. Think you're watching fast. A, you, yeah, you're watching fast. I was going to say, you're living in the future. How did you get this information? COVID. Do you have the sports almanac by chance? God, if, if the government had left it alone and we had just been left to suffer through COVID uh, naturally, and I say naturally in air quotes because it wasn't a natural virus, but mm. if we had been it's left... the lamest fucking bioweapon ever. You guys suck. Try again. You we pussies. all defeated it. Yeah, yeah. You, you lose. I am we're, we're three and zero. There here. would have been an economic impact. If COVID had been left to its own devices, absolutely, there would have sure. been an economic impact. It would not even register compared to what has happened on this planet with all the intervention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but, but. And it, it, this example alone. Now, I, I have a good friend who is a an anarchist, and I'm not full blown anarchist, but this is a good argument for anarchism, which is the damage done by the government. Like the mother nature can't even compete with the damage that the government could do. No. Mother nature's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill uh 0.004 percent of the entire Earth's population. I feel like we need with, some like background the next, music for for this. Within, <laughs> within the next three months, I'm gonna kill a few million people, and the government's like, hold my beer. I think we can do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so, I mean, that's it. When you're talking about these grand scales of problems, the anarchist maybe has a point here, which is government inflicts way more damage than we would inflict to ourselves if just left to our own devices. I, I tend to agree. I'm I'm a bit of an anarchist. It's the implementation that gets a little. I, I've I've considered myself very like centrist, libertarian, whatever, kind of in the middle somewhere. And I'm familiar with your friend as well. We won't dox him on the podcast, but I've in the last probably year and a half to two years have kind of been open to that idea. And there's a couple of good podcasts I've listened to that are kind of anarchist focused and they've talked about like real world problems. One of the ones I was listening to was like, how do you handle the jail system? How do you handle uh, when people do commit crimes against each other? Right. And just fucking whack every well, guy that's robbing your convenience well, store. I mean, that's... Partially... So, so, so that could be partially part of it. Yeah. Um, but as another person, you know, whether it's vengeful or something like that, um, now you're also facing your own problems. If you make it financial, if there's a financial recourse... You know, where you, let's say... Like camels. Like, if you well, kill a member of my family, you yes, get 100 camels. Correct. Correct. A lot less people start dying. Mm-hmm. A lot fewer people start dying. Again, the prison system is financially incentivized, just like the hospitals were with, with claiming COVID cases and COVID deaths. They get paid money, right? Mm-hmm. The jail systems are mostly private, and they get paid money, mm-hmm. right, for headcount. So it there's an incentive to keep people in jail. Well, these are for-profit businesses well for-profit businesses get to use their money as speech and lobby and this is what pharmaceuticals this is what big big 
big oil. This is what tobacco. This is, this is what all. This is our corporatism problem. It is a corporatism is problem. Warlord problem. Because well, I think well, it, it's this. It's the same thing as as the vax mandate, right? They, the the ruling with the vax mandates wasn't that there are necessarily unconstitutional. It's that OSHA, a part of the executive branch, was trying to enforce this, whereas the Supreme Court was looking for Congress to do it, and so. They're they're totally cool with with enforcing shit. I'm sorry, I don't know what I was. Don't, don't do drugs. <laughs> don't do drugs. Track. Don't do drugs. We should turn this dude in. No, no, no. But I, I'm, I was track. I was I was tracking you. I mean, I think that it, at our core, we're all capitalists. But there's big difference between a, a crony capitalist environment or or uh, framework where corporations are people and money is speech. And how can I compete right. with that with a with just a single vote as an individual well, where I can't financially contribute and, and, and to and, and no matter the industrial the, complex? No matter what the court says the government can or can't do, again, it goes back to the Google data collection thing. It doesn't matter what the government can do anymore because they're so in bed with corporate entities that they can... One set of warlords has decided to work with another, another set, set of warlords. Yep, yep. And now they're super warlords. So, so why should I not be able to provide my consulting services to actual drug cartels? Well, you mean, are you talking legally or morally? Legally. Legally, well, you're competition with the government. So, there's <laughs> exactly. Your, there's your That's exactly reason. the answer I was looking for. So, I, you know, I'm an advocate for basically unplugging yourself. When I say unplug yourself, I don't mean like throw your fucking phone in the toilet necessarily, but de-googling right and one of the things exercise responsibility for yourself um it's not just exercising responsibility but it's also being informing yourself and educating that's that's part of the responsibility like yeah yeah sure you shouldn't be making mindless decisions you shouldn't be sitting there and somebody says so hey this this really cool app is on the phone and it's going to make your life better and you just download it and start using it right every single response that you have to any stimulus in the world your brain is either providing a dopamine or a serotonin response. I believe those are the two primary chemicals. Not not just straight THC. Not just straight THC. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something <laughs> though? That would be amazing. Just residual <laughs> THC. Your brain's like, hey, turn that one I mean, on. I'm, we got I'm some pretty. Cl- I'm pretty close. That if you you know if you ring me out. But anyway, <laughs> well, no, it's a good point. You're talking about you just mentioned, you know, so, downloading an app. So so all of this stuff has with it a a drug addict component because when you join these echo chambers that spout your beliefs back at you and it gives you that right massage of brain chemistry well not only just join the echo chamber but the platform you're joining has an algorithm specifically designed to to echo that echo chamber back to you it's amplified yeah well but it's it's not even organic it's 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 altered our brain chemistry it's also affected our attention spans so a long format discussion with a lot of, you know, here are my high level arguments and supporting information. Like that doesn't really happen anymore because people just can't track that long. And so you've got a, a combination of brains that are pretty much drug addicts um, stuck in a machine and you're trying to convince them that it's bad. But honestly, that's probably the only thing that's kind of leveling most people out during the day. That's where they go to escape. Mm-hmm. They hate their fucking jobs. They hate the people around them. Just prescribe anti-anxiety medication. Well, I'm sure fine. I'm sure a lot of them get. I mean, so 
Yeah. Yeah. No, but you're absolutely right. Um, And, you know, so a perfect example is, and I know, um, you know, definitely Isaac, you and I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. I know Joel, you listen when you want to, or if there's specific, you know, and he just joined Getter. Getter, G-E-T-T-R, is a alternative to Twitter, right? And their whole thing is like free speech and we're not going to censor you. So Parler 2.0. Parler 2.0. Let me just read a few key findings from a researcher. Um, And this isn't to, you know, I'm not, uh, this is just, you know, understanding that there's a shiny object and you're like, I said, I'm leaving the platform. I'm leaving Twitter. Mm -hmm. Twitter keeps deleting all my favorite people, you know, so I'm going to go to Getter, right? Because that's where all my friends are going. Just understand, and when you are subscribing and when you're registering to things, um, this re- this particular researcher actually uh, was uh, this was pretty interesting. And I mean, they do forensic investigations, so they're they're running applications that track the network calls and all these different things that are happening when these applications are open and running. And what they found was that there were numerous trackers from Facebook, Google, and third parties embedded in the Getter web and smartphone app. So obviously you can circumvent a lot of the web tracking by using plugins. So if you're using like uBlock Origin and H, you know whatever, there's some other privacy badger or whatever. Um, we'll get into those things later. I, I, I do want to iterate that like we will be pr- helping you understand and how to protect yourself. We're going to be working on guides. We're going to so be- you talk about this stuff. I'll talk about body armor. Yes, even though <laughs> I do own some body armor thanks to you. Um, the reason why I own a couple of plate carriers is. Because of you. Um, <laughs> app permissions facilitate the surveillance of, wi- of a wide variety of information about Getter users, including fine-grained behavior and location data. This data is then used to profile users and shared with third parties. Get owned. Translation, how they make their money. How they make their money. And, and, and other translation, the next time that somebody takes an unguided tour of the Capitol... Getter's data is on the table to put Correct. you front and center like as a that. suspect. Unguided <laughs> yeah. And, and so there's um, there's a previous version of Getter of the Getter app called Getome, G-E-T-O-M-E. And that targeted Chinese language audiences and is still published in the Google Play Store. Jesus Christ. Effectively well get owned. Yeah. A get owned, right? <laughs> Effectively providing a backdoor to Getter and users can log in and interact with the Getter network via the Get Ohm app, bypassing updates and newer applications. Another another finding was content on Getter, such as like news that's delo- that's loaded directly from external sources, like opening connections between Getter users and dozens of domains. So like, you know, web pages, videos, all these different things. This is all introducing like a serious privacy risk. And a lot of it's also delivered over unencrypted HTTP. So if you're doing it Jesus. at home, if you're doing it at home or you're doing it on your phone, cruising around your ISP, your cell phone provider, they, and don't think for a minute that your ISPs and your, and your cell phone providers don't collect all this information well, and use it for, when they block it too, you know, T-Mobile blocking, yeah, epic, epoch times, uh, epic times. They're, they're also, T-Mobile has been also blocking the use of private relay through Apple. Yeah, um, that's been happening. So uh, a couple other things. Privacy's privi- uh, the Getter uh, privacy policy fails to disclose the full extent of the Getter data collection, Getter data collection and sharing with third parties. The Getter infrastructure... Whoa, whoa, stop. Yeah. Their EULA is incomplete. <laughs> Correct. They're not disclosing all of this. <laughs> it's just absurd, the lawlessness. Sure. 
It's it, who, who who's going to fact check them? Who, who's going to hold them accountable? Nobody but, gets held accountable. You just, it's just it's just a checkbox you have to have ticked off on your website in order to be able to do ads on Facebook mm-hmm. and do ads on Google. You have to have a privacy policy. You have to have some sort of data retention policy. You have to have a cookie policy. It, it doesn't. Nobody checks it. There's no real legal recourse. I mean, I'm, I mean, there yeah, there is maybe the, even a class action. Nobody's got the time to go read. Nobody's all this got shit the time, and nobody gives a shit. By the time, by the time you read all the terms and conditions of a website, man, like whatever it is that you wanted to read is no well, longer so, current news. Sure. So we have shirked our responsibility for knowing and understanding this, and we put it on the FCC, and we put it on the consumer uh, protection agencies that are supposed to keep an eye out. And, and there we, are some out there, like the yeah. Atro- Electronic Frontier Foundation. There's, but, but not from not from not in terms of like a... No, no, no. But like a government agency. Cause they exist, yeah. but they don't work. Well, no, and, the, and the, the government agencies, you know, I think a lot of people look at government as supposing, supposed to be the intermediary between companies, businesses, and people. But because of the relationship, the sick incestuous relationship between the companies the warlords the warlords i like that warlords yep you know the corporate warlords versus the public sector warlords yeah the public sector warlords are like the diseased lepers who took over uh an important natural resource and so the corporate warlords have to do business with them even though they're incompetent and disgusting um but they hold the they hold the keys to the natural resources. All of this totally jives with my worldview of like, you know, like 15 years in IT consulting working with, with, you know, big Fortune 500 and government entities totally. This is... Yeah, so this is this model works. Yeah. this is not the and then, three million deaths and then of COVID my, my, model. My my experience of working in government and just seeing how bureaucracies work from the inside. Uh, these are disease disgusting. Uh, Petty warlords, petite warlords, mm. right? Who just happen to have access to the river. You know, like they control the access to the water, even though they can't do anything else. They have no special skills. They have no abilities or anything. All they are is they just plant themselves in front of the water and you got to go through them to get the water. So the other warlords are like, well, it's easier just to pay them for the water and keep all the other peasants from getting the and water. There's too many warlords. You know, I mean, this isn't just just to the U.S. I mean, Canada right now, right? The Public Health Agency of Canada will start gathering Canadian cell phone location data for evaluating public health measures. Sorry, I thought they already were. I thought there was no. A, they are, but here's the thing: that said like they're 30 current, million Canadians. There's, there's the agency is currently overseen by Dr. Teresa Tam, and they're seeking contractors to help with the implementation of a social credit style, you know, a social Speaking credit score style, monitoring <laughs> citizens through aggregated indicators. Derived from cell phone tower operators and location data. Yeah. So it's not just even like, hey, if you're running Graphene OS on a D Google Pixel phone or Calyx OS, it's like they're they're going after the carriers. They're what, going after the tower has, information. What section of data do the corporations not have easy access to? Health records. Right. They've got to jump through hoops for that. Right. Not anymore, my man. Well, not anymore. And the thanks to things like well, this. Well, and the thing of it is, too, I think that a lot of this pandemic situation, I say that because I think that there was a plan. It, we, we know for a fact well, that from, it's been planned well, from, from the, the Obama administration. There, there, well, there was, there was at least you a response. There, yeah. there, there was a response planned, and Event 201 is evidence of that response planning, whether or not 
It would be irresponsible for a government to not have a response oh, plan for a sure. pandemic. pandemic. Absolutely. I agree. But but my my point is is that what it has done is like I don't know if you want to call it mass formation, it's like whatever the fuck you want to call it. What it is is a mental condition. Default state. Because of here's the groups. thing. <laughs> if uh would you tell a stranger would you tell a stranger walking into a private business how much money you have in your bank account? Absolutely not. Right. So why would you tell I, them? I, I would. I'm going to tell everybody right now. $16.34. Come get your money. Come get your money. So so why? The why, juice is not worth the squeeze. Why all of a sudden are we okay with disclosing our our, our medical profile well, to strangers? It, in a strange way, it's almost the same psychological process that happens when a drone pilot fires a missile at a target 3,000 miles away. The further you get away from the danger, the less you see it as danger. And and so I wouldn't give the guy walking in my store my bank account information, but a bunch of unnamed, unfaced people who run a banking app who promise to help me if I give up that information, I'm much more likely to do that because I don't see the danger. I don't mm-hmm. understand the danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It's it's remote. You know, the threat, the danger, the sure. impact, the psychology, all of it is remote. And the further mm-hmm. you get away from it, the easier it is to make that quick decision and ju- and just go with it instead of, you know, carefully looking at the person like, why on earth would I give you that information? Mm-hmm. That is the appropriate response, but we're not wired that way. Right. Well, but maybe we are. Like, my, my stepfather is suffering from late-stage dementia. Uh. And one of the things that he loves to do is answer the telephone whenever it rings. And because his brain is unable to take in new information, you can explain to him a million times that that telephone only serves as a vector for somebody to try to steal his personal information. And yet, leave him unsupervised. (laughs) He will answer that fucking telephone every single time. He's so happy to have somebody to talk to. And he has always had so many fucking like medical issues and interactions with social security and Medicare and Medicaid that it's normalized in his brain and his dementia addled brain. This is a permanent thing. All of this bureaucracy and people calling, looking for personal information. So when they call and ask for his social security number, he gives it right out because he's a hundred percent confident that the person on the other end of that phone <laughs> is looking out for his best interest and is only calling to help him with with his social security and or Medicare. That's, that's unfortunate because I mean, I myself just like last year probably received half a dozen calls that were like, "Your social security number has been suspended." You're you like, know? "Thank God, yeah." Maybe they yeah. won't be able to find me anymore. Does <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean I can stop paying for right. taxes? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Please like, tell me more. How do I help this hard, process along? Nope. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I want to be clear that like, there's no way to really hide from all of the warlords, but there is a way to obfuscate and also kind of throw monkey wrenches in the corporate tracking. Cause that's ultimately what my goal is, is like, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to hide necessarily from the government, right? Unless you are willing to live in a cabin and somewhere remote where, you know, you can't be found with no electricity and no phone, you're really kind of like, you're going to be connected to the grid on some, in some level. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make it easy for people and companies. And so by taking back your data, when I say taking back your data, I mean like self-hosting your stuff, 
Stop using cloud. Stop using Apple devices. Stop using Google services. Um, and, and we're going to teach you how to do that. And if you, if you are curious about that, we're going to be working on guides and videos and learn how to use Bitcoin. Learn how to commerce. use Bitcoin. Bitcoin for commerce. Monero for commerce. Uh, learn how to buy electronic SIMs with no identity attached to it. Um, you're not going to make phone calls, but you can receive, you know, text messages. You can receive uh, verification for like two-factor authentication if there's no if they don't allow you to use a TOTP or a YubiKey or something. You know, basically companies who are sending you a text with a with a code. Um, disassociating your personal identity. By the way, if there's one thing I can iterate, stop giving out your real information when you register. If you want to register a Twitter account. And especially if you like to troll, I'm Give, all for giving it. Giving away your personal information Don't. is like paying a voluntary tax to the warlords. Yeah, and, and truthfully, because everyone else lacks imagination, if you're required to give your phone number for something, anytime you go buy something for a rewards program, <sighs> just give all fives. I shit you not. <laughs> actually, it's funny. Five, 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 you know five, what's funny? Five, 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 I five. actually... Everybody uses that for almost everything. You know what's funny about that? I actually did that at uh, Safeway. Yeah. And they thought I was an Uber person. So I, or I, a DoorDasher or something, because that's what the number they use for the rewards. They, they, they do use it. But, <laughs> Just but press two for a while. Yeah. The, the, com- the company that I worked for last as, as an official employee, um, they managed the Safeway Albertsons rewards program, among other things. They, they did supply chain management and AI stuff. Mm. Basically, they did a lot of like how to stock the shit on your shelves, where to put it to sell the most of it and stuff like that. Right. Groceries a fucked up industry, guys. They're they've got war on and have had war on fresh food, fresh meat, fresh fruit and vegetables for a long time. The grocery stores lose their shirt on that shit because it goes bad. Mm-hmm. So there's a move to push as much CPG consumer packaged goods mm-hmm. as possible. Um, so I, I got a lot of insight from from that job too. Um, but that that whole reward code thing it just so happens that everybody discovered that five 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 was like a number they could put in and it wouldn't be like that's a bullshit phone number mm-hmm. and so the door dashers all started using it right but it's not a reserved number they have no control and if somebody creates it and a record in their database using that as the primary key, any phone number, your phone number, whatever, there's dick all you can do to take it back. I wonder if I could get fuel rewards just by punching that in. You absolutely can, and that's, those are the best ones because they accumulate so oh fast. Oh, my God, I using. never thought about that. They go, they go so fast, nobody can use them fast enough. I, I've gotten like 40, 50 cents off a gallon of gasoline <laughs> wow. using that. God, All right, I'm pro so tip. retarded. If, if there's one thing, if there's one nugget you get from Liberty AF, it's it's, it's cheaper, cheaper, gas. cheaper gas. gas. Right? I mean, you know, at three dollars a gallon plus, you it's know, yeah. freaking awesome. You, you know, can take it 30, wasn't forty cents off. What nice. what year was it when the gas price just plummeted? And if you had a good reward, you were paying less than a dollar. Yeah, a gallon. I want to say like, it was 2018. Well, and it was. I know it was before that because even was in, it okay? And I know in the 90s in the Clinton era, like well, that I mean, you could. I like, was I was paying less than a dollar. Yeah, but we're well, looking yeah, at inflation. T- we're talking about recently where gas I know, but, just but, randomly but, but just dropped. Pri- but the other thing to remember is that just prior to Clinton, during that same time, two and a quarter gasoline was during the Bush administration was not unheard of. Mm-hmm. So especially as a high school kid and then exiting high school and being like college age, 
That was amazing yeah. that it went from like kind of forty dollars to fill a tank yeah. of gasoline down, like, down to twenty or less. Like fifteen dollars and I was getting like two weeks of use I out of the car. That. I was because like, Holy shit, was, I'm rich, baby. Like not, I was gas rich. Yeah, that was like ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. yeah. You know, ninety five to ninety seven in that range. I remember that. I remember like, wow, I could really I could get over half a tank on ten bucks. Like this is badass. Yeah, you know, was, and I was driving an eighty four Buick Skylark at the time. It did not get good gas mileage. I mean uh, I had a 91 Jetta and that fucker, like I $10 a gas. That was seriously like three, four weeks of driving. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I want, I want to implore, you know, do not give your, unless, unless you're talking to your bank or a cop and the cop is questionable. Don't give your real name. Don't give your email address or your phone number or address. This is, this is not legal advice. It's, it's just not legal life advice. advice. It's life advice. I like that. Don't give your information. You know, when you go to Best Buy and you're like, yeah, did you join a rewards program? Yeah, sure. What's your name? Mike Smith. What's your address? 123 Main Street. You know, they don't get, here's the thing. We're, we feel like oh, we're. I have to, yeah. So when I go to Harbor Freight, I get yeah. a phone number that's one digit off from my phone number. And every single time they look at me and they're like, Margaret? And I go, yes. And they're like, okay, thank you. Well, it's actually easy, even easier now because now people are like, well, sh- maybe you are Margaret, you know, yeah. with all this wokeism going on. I look on, like a like Margaret, I, I got to say. It could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm big in, in like pseudo, being pseudo anonymous as much as possible. And there's apps and there's techniques that we will be talking about and publishing that help you do that. So stick around, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast. We're going to have more information and, and website and YouTube and all the stuff that we're working on uh, to kind of, you know, help fill those, those gaps. Um, and, and when all of that falls apart and you need to live off the grid and run from the law, I'm currently practicing up to provide the experience necessary to live on the lamb. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and maybe get your ham license, you know? Yeah. I don't, need no, I don't need no stinking license. <laughs> need no badges come looking for me um free men don't ask permission that's right that's if true you, if you would need to learn how to uh use a firearm or keep an illegal firearm uh secret from the government i will help you with that oh we're gonna get into some 3d printing bro yes yeah yeah definitely. Uh, speaking of which i just learned something today what's that um or actually yesterday uh rob pinkus is getting ready to sue the city of Denver over their recent passage of a ghost gun ban. Really? Yes. Denver has passed a city uh, ordinance banning ghost guns. Own, possess, sell, or make a ghost gun is now illegal in the city of Denver. And what's the what's the punishment for that? Uh, it's it's a misdemeanor, okay. but it escalates. Sure. Yeah. So. Wow. But it is a gun charge, and gun charges are no joke. No, they're no yeah. joke at all. Yeah, and just 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 to anyone who's not informed, it is perfectly legal to manufacture your own firearm, unless you're in Denver. Unless you're well, I guess, unless you're in Denver. Somehow, um, natural liberties don't apply there. Is that no, true? have you been there? I lived there for a little while. Yeah, yeah. No, no, to, no rights apply. I try to avoid that place. There's plenty of possible. crime. There's just no rights. I don't know. I again, this was one of those things where there were a lot of signs, but. It's just a sign, and people aren't very confrontational. So I found that if I just did whatever I wanted. <laughs> there so was you're, very, you're the wrong color to have that attitude. You need to cut that out. You're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, I really mean nobody no harm. It's because yeah. he lived in the South too long. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's fucking G as fuck, dude. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. That's right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. This is an ethic. This is not a winning ethic, necessarily. It is a can you sleep at night with a clear conscience ethic. Um, some things that we're talking about will make your life harder, will make your life more difficult, and in the grand scheme of things, in the direction we're heading, may ultimately result in some very bad things happening to you. What do you, what do you what what is more important to you? What is most important to you? Oh, chin up, Isaac. The good guys are going to win. I promise. Well, the good guys always win in the long run. <laughs> Haven't you seen them? Because they write Team the America. Story. They write. They tell the story. you they did. Yeah, <laughs> we are the good guys. <laughs> See, <laughs> look at all the good things we've done. Um, but you know, we wouldn't be on the path we're on if more people took that responsibility seriously. You can't control how other people take this information. You can't control what other people do, but you can control what you do. Mm-hmm. And and you are either participating in the destruction of your own culture and society or you are working to preserve it to some degree. I'm sorry, and, I got stuck on the first one. What was the second option? <laughs> are we cool yet? Are we cool yet? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, check out Are We Cool Yet? That's a good That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't mean that you agree. Like, you, you were talking uh, yesterday about Bitcoin and, like, doing commerce with Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. The person on the other end of that transaction, you may not agree about with abortion rights, vaccination status, uh, gun rights, all of that. doesn't no, matter. I don't have to. I it just need to matter. agree that it's, they want to engage in this one transaction. Sure, it's, it's permissionless. Right. And it only that transaction only involves you and that person, nobody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That is a more important ethic and principle than what you think about, right. you know. And for the people, and, just, 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 just for the people out there that are like, well, Bitcoin is is traceable. You're 100 percent correct, and we're going to teach you how to make it untraceable as possible. We're going to mm-hmm. teach you how to set up your own Dojo server running up on a Raspberry Pi. We're going to teach you how to use Samurai Wallet. We're going to teach you how about using Monero. We're going to teach a lot of things running your own Lightning node. Lightning helps obfuscate a lot of, of, of uh, traceability within the Bitcoin network. The reason why is because Lightning nodes, just, you know, I'm not going to go deep dive, but just Lightning nodes hold liquidity inside of it. So when you send a transaction to somebody, the Bitcoin you're sending is not the Bitcoin they receive. It goes into a Lightning node somewhere, and that Lightning node is sending liquidity out of it. So it's not the same. It, it, yes, it's not a hundred percent secure, but it's it's far better than on-chain transactions. Your local lo- police department is not going to figure it out. You're, correct, you're correct. So Your local FBI agent, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough for them even too. Depend, it depends on what you, you bought. If you kick up a VPN client, you can probably stymie ninety percent. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You know, FBI agents and quick because they don't they don't really want to solve crimes. They just want to get paid. You know, no, no, no. But I mean, seriously, like using VPNs, using Tor. Um, just understanding how to protect yourself as much as possible using uh, encrypted DNS so that your ISPs aren't tracking what DNS, you know, what websites you're going to. We're going to be talking a lot about mobile. We're going to be talking about using Graphene OS. We're going to be using Calyx OS, using Linux, using uh, Raspberry Pi. It doesn't mean you have to become some techno wizard, but you will become much more confident in your ability to protect yourself. Uh, and that's... 
that's what Liberty AF is all about. It's about not just liberty in in your real life, but also your digital life. And they both kind of work together. You will become much more confident and you will also become an advocate. And you won't even realize it when you're talking to family, when you're talking to friends, like, hey, we should get off this SMS app. We should, at a minimum, use Signal, right? And use end to end encrypted apps, you know, using, using things that basically prohibit. Why set the bar so low? I mean, you could use your own matrix server. You could use Threema. You could use Session. There's a lot of other things that we're going to talk about. Yeah. But at a, at a very simple. I in, mean, Canada is using their contract tracing to go after non-COVID. Or is it Canada? Who, who's doing this? Maybe it's the British. Well, the UK has been doing that shit really bad. France has been probably the worst. Yeah. Uh, you know, Australia, but France for sure. Like, Canada's dude, been doing it really. You shouldn't be carrying a phone that can rat on you. Yeah, go to go to, go to go dark bags. Uh, you can buy Faraday bags. Throw your phone in a Faraday bag at a minimum. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to be traveling somewhere, if you're going to be going to a protest, we're going to teach you how to use a phone with an electronic SIM that's not tied to your identity. Leave your real phone at home because you want to be able to actually have some communication and some data in your in your pocket. Using you know, it, there's a lot of different things that you can do. You can, I don't want people to feel helpless, right? Are we overpowered? Yes. But can we equalize? We can get close. We can all become gorillas. Well, and, and the other thing... I like is, that idea, actually. Is, ...is there's a lot of facets to this. There are so many different there are. angles, and there's so many things that you potentially could could have personal information stolen from or abused. Oh, tracking definitely. Data. And so I think a lot of it, though, is just sort of... One being aware, and two being decide deciding, you know, definitively, these are the things that I no longer want to give up. Right, and and making making it a gradual process because if you try oh, if you try to if you try dude, to roll everything all back I, at once and be like, I agree, hundred percent, I'm gonna I'm pulling out of the system. No, you're no, no, you're no. fucked. I I left Facebook in two thousand eight. Right, you know, so it's been. That was like before it even started. <laughs> Dude, it was it was turning into a cesspool then. I yeah. saw where it was going and I was like, all yeah. they do is provoke fucking arguments on yep. this platform. I I'm not interested in being here. That and I'm tired of being treated like meat by women who I have hardly any relationship <laughs> with. I like it sounds like a joke. I'm not sure you're actually joking. <laughs> I, I'm not. I had I had girls from like elementary school like hitting me up and like why don't you come to DC? I'll show you a wild weekend. I'm like, I don't know you. You're crazy for, I could be a fucking serial he's, killer. He's also saying like, okay, today's Thursday. You want me to come up tomorrow and I can't fly frontier. It's just too low tier for me. And Delta's too expensive. Yeah. So I, mean, I need the business class. <laughs> Gotta have at least business class. And you're flying you're into tall, Reagan. dude. You need that leg room, bro. I do. It's you no know? joke. There's not enough. I get it. There's not enough it. leg room and coach. I can't fit. My <laughs> knees hit I the seat. In front of me, it's so like, so. This is not a video podcast. You cannot see that Joel here is a very attractive man. He's a handsome man. He's a handsome and, man. And you know, Thank and for you. the future, we may do some live streams. We may do some video stuff. Sure. We're not, you know, but and then Joel can but get he's all also solicited. He's sex also mail. the only eligible bachelor in the podcast. Yeah. So there are some like you oh, know, no, 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 there are some no, rich no, no, privacy no, no, focused no. females. <laughs> like, not eligible. I am not eligible. I am. Your social credit score is too low. My no. social credit score is a negative 1,600. <laughs> I'm not interested. I really like my life alone, and I'm lightweight and highly mobile. Thank you. 
I'm lightweight. So, ladies, if that interests you, then, you know, (laughs) then reach out. You know, I know I don't have any way, any info way for people to reach out to us yet, but by the next uh, podcast, I'll give them an email address. (laughs) Would you at least accept nudes? Oh, oh, oh. No, oh, the on. internet is hold full on. of nudies. So, nude so I don't, I don't we're, we're going to get to wrapping up this podcast. But on, on that topic, I want to talk about one, one last thing. And I want you guys to chime in on this. Um, I'm just going to kind of brief. I'm not going to read this whole article. Whoops. I just grabbed the wrong URL. Here we go. This is the one that I want. Uh, there we go. This is, uh, I came across this. yourself a nerd. This is on NBCNews.com. First, let me just read the title. Okay, and then I'm I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'm going to go into just a couple of paragraphs. Meta, which is known as Facebook, Facebook is Meta. Meta builds how Meta. <laughs> meta builds tool to stop the spread of revenge porn, and then, seems like an easy task. Yeah, the subheading is uh, Facebook and Instagram. Instagram's parent company partnered with a UK nonprofit, which is interesting that it's in the UK, to build a tool to let people submit nudes to a central website for removal from multiple platforms. This is if, dumb. This is a if you don't pot, have you fucking morons if, submitting your nudes. I'm to sorry. Did removed. you say NBC or did you say the onion? <laughs> this is NBCnews.com. This is not the onion. This is not Babylon B, right? So check this out. Jesus Christ. Face, let, me just, let me just read the first few paragraphs. F- Facebook's parent company, Meta, has worked with the UK-based nonprofit Revenge Porn well, Helpline. Well, it's not a profit. You're stepping on my reading here, bro. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> So Meta has worked with the UK-based nonprofit Revenge Porn Helpline to build a tool that lets people prevent their intimate images from being uploaded to Facebook, Instagram, and other participating platforms without their consent. Participating being the operative word in that entire fucking paragraph, and I'll get to this in a minute. A tool which builds on a pilot program Facebook started in Australia interesting in 2017 launched thursday things are going well there right (laughs) Right. oh fantastic uh it says it allows people who are worried they're worried that their intimate photos or videos have been or could be shared online for example by disgruntled ex-partners to submit the images to a central global website called stopncii.org which stands for stop non-consensual intimate images it's a massive step forward, says Sophie Mortimer, the helpline's manager. Quote, the key for me is about putting this control over content back into the hands of people directly affected by the issue so they are not just left at the whims of a perpetrator threatening to share it. Okay, I'm going to so, stop. So, says their chief so, data collector. <laughs> okay. Send us your nudes.com. So, so might as well be called. <laughs> so let me get this straight. First of all, I don't know who's like doing revenge porn on Facebook or Instagram, but anyone knows that that's going to be taken down within minutes or less than an hour, right? Yeah, it's if not you, if, it, if you advertise it as such on any it, major well, platform, including sh- porn platforms sh- like sure. Pornhub and shit like that. Absolutely. They will take it down. They will if you take advertise it, down. it as revenge porn. It will get so people who are sharing revenge porn or sharing revenge, people who are sharing these intimate photos and videos on revenge porn sites are not going to be a partner with stopncii.org. They're going to be some obscure forum or, you know, you're going to log, you, that you're going to have to log into so you can't even, you know, get to it. So y- the idea that the idea that you can upload your nudie photos to this central global <laughs> database and think like cool, 
I'm good now. I'm it's safe. like no, 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 no. I'm safe. For, and, and second to that, it's second to that. You have, as an individual, have to expect that stopncii.org is going to forever protect this data. That there's never going to be a disgruntled employee. I'm sure all of their employees are totally competent. <laughs> Everything is oh, buttoned oh, up. Nice 100 percent. It's a nonprofit, you right? How much? They how pay, much they pay the most to the nonprofit employees, right? Sure, right. You know, I'm just saying. Could you imagine? Being a person that uploads your your media to this site and just fingers crossed, okay, hopefully they're going to take down my stuff. And then and, I've and, actually and, uploaded my my media. I upload four or five times a day. I have yet to receive a response <laughs> from anybody over there. It's Joel's really like, common. I've got I've got like seven and a half gigs of, of content up on the site. And <laughs> they, it, they've so, not yet yet to call me. So back. here's what's going to happen. And this, I'm going to predict this. I'm going to predict this. This site's going to be breached. Really. This site's going to be hacked. It's a Does weird that happen? Prediction. That, that doesn't. It's going to be anymore. locked up, and they're going to hold it for ransom for like twenty bitcoin. I don't know. This doesn't. This seems pretty far fetched. Does it? Yeah. This never happens. <laughs> this is totally a work of fiction. People, 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 do not do this kind of shit. No, no, no. I disagree. This is ripe for trolling. Oh, it's totally ripe for trolling. But some, I want to. I, I want to help people. You want to troll people? Yeah. There is some. Which is why this works horrific shit that you can find very easily and you could submit it to that website so maybe we could you know those websites where you those like the deep fakes where you could put like biden's face on like nudie photos that's what we should be submitting to the oh stop and next level. You know, i know right i'm gonna i'm gonna take it all the way but i want all the people that are listening to this podcast don't buy into this shit you know it, it's it's more data collection and now you have to trust a third party. You don't know how it's being handled. You don't know who's behind it. You don't know the the security uh, of, you know, how this is being managed. I mean, first thought is like, well, maybe they basically put it in an encrypted vault and they associate some sort of hash with it, right? But the reality is, is that it's really easy to obfuscate a hash. You know, when Apple was trying to do the whole CSAM scanning and they're like, well, you know, if it matches the hash of, a, of an image, then we know. First of all, no perverts are uploading to iCloud. They're not. They're smart enough. Now, it doesn't mean that a few won't because they're idiots. Sure. But most people who are smart, who are like involved in these like rings and they have these groups, they're not putting this shit on iCloud. Mm-hmm. And they probably are running scripts on an entire directory to rename all of the images and maybe change something, whether it's the dimension, the resolution, the meta information, which changes all of the hash information of the image. They might even be right. You could do it something. Drops as, one random black pixel. In. Oh, dude, there's there's a thousand <laughs> apps out there. Right, Why sure. One, no, 100% correct, though. But I'm just saying, all it takes is like literally like one pixel to change for all of your metadata. One pixel. Like one your, pixel. Your hash is meaningless. It, it is meaningless. And so anyone that thinks like, oh, well, if, any, if it stops like one person from hurting a child, look, I, I'm not. Ag- I'm not against. I'm not against the you know things that really truly help protect children. Yeah. If they but were this really, is not it. if we were really against pedophiles, we would have paid a little more attention to, to the, the Epstein trial and Jelaine Maxwell. Maxwell that started and ended in four weeks flat, and and with three witnesses that had her trafficking sex with minors to no one apparently. There were no customers, yeah, apparently from none. this trial because so she's being charged and she got charged and she got convicted for what five I don't know five of the six charges they had. Yeah, and there were only six charges, which to me seems asinine because. I saw the logs. Bill Clinton went to that island like 27 times or something like 26, that. 26, I think. 26, 20. It doesn't matter. He was on the manifest 26 times. That, that to me says there were probably like 40 plus girls. 
Oh, oh easy, so, easy. So, so the fact that there were six charges, I call complete bullshit. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The whole thing was a sham. It's a farce. The whole thing was a sham. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I'm just gonna end it on that, and I just want to, re- you know, really implore on people: do not give your information to anyone. If you, if you are gonna sign up for a social media site, fine. Don't give any real information. Use a burner number uh to 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 give the phone number i know like twitter kind of like requires a phone number so use one that's not associated to your real identity have one phone prepaid mint mobile you if you can use privacy.com to even obfuscate your financial transaction you could use a you could use a gift card pay for three months register for your accounts and 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 just protect yourself could could they say somehow convert bitcoin to some sort of payment card absolutely and use a visa or yeah. mastercard network to process a transaction through a, a payment card yeah you can but a problem is in the united states a lot of those visa mastercards still require kyc to get it okay. so i would use something like silent link which you can buy an eSIM for a year or I don't know how long it lasts, 60 bucks in Bitcoin. Now, you're not going to be able to make phone calls, but you can receive the SMS verifications and you can receive phone calls. And that was Silent Link, you said. Silent Link. It doesn't, you don't even, they don't even ask for your fucking name. Beautiful. They don't ask for, they don't even ask for an email address. What happens is when you, and I have, I've done this, I'm talking from experience. When you purchase it, um, you get a real phone number. It's not a virtual like a voice over IP like my pseudo or Google Voice or something like that. It's an actual real phone number. Now you can't make calls. It's just designed to be able to receive calls in. And if you have a phone that's capable of dual SIMs and most new phones all can use dual SIMs, you can actually add this to your existing phone. Just add a second eSIM and use that phone number to just register accounts and that's all you use it for. And yes, you can use you can pay for it with Bitcoin or Monero. Um, and we'll get deeper into a lot of that stuff, but that's your, that's your freebie tip for me today. You don't even have to pay for that one. I'm going to give that one to you for free. <laughs> so what happens is the way that it works is when you pay, when you pay for it, it gives, it, it presents a web page to you. It's kind of like your receipt has a QR code. Cause when you set up an eSIM on an Android device or, or iPhone, you just scan the, the QR code and it automatically configures all the network information. Um, the way that you access that and you, uh, can top up your account is the URL. That's it. You save the URL in your password manager. I suggest using Bitwarden. You can also self-host. We're going to have guides on that. Um, it, you, you save it in your password manager. Cool. It's there forever. You, you can always access it. No problem. Um, I'm just, there are very simple things that people can do. And, do, it, and also, and don't, don't upload your nudie, nudie pics to Facebook. Please don't do that. No, go ahead and do that. Do, please do. That. I mean, if you go do ahead. it, then we're going to troll the shit out of you. And and we're going to have an email address where you notify us. You add us to your friends. Actually, one of the funnier Facebook. things I've ever seen on the internet, and I don't remember if I've seen this on Reddit or I don't remember, but collections of people who accidentally load pictures up, and then <laughs> the 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 joke of it is seeing all the comments. Oh yeah, <laughs> and if you think and if you trust that Apple and Google are protecting all your shit, you're a product. I don't yeah. care about you. Does not anybody remember what what happened with the issue with Apple? Rem- no. Well, maybe we'll talk about that another the time. Fappening? The fapping. The fapping. Oh, I remember yes. the fapping. Come on, man. Yeah, Come on. Does that get just socially? And do you not think I, that maybe I read about it in the history books <laughs> in the Encyclopedia Britannica? Are you kidding me? Those are like still in the top ten torrents listing. If you go to Pirate Bay, I think the fapping stuff yeah, still shows it's still up, up there. Like top ten. Hundred yeah. percent. What does that say about our culture, man? 
Well, we're we, obsessed with this goes back to the very beginning of the podcast. Lifestyle what was the first thing you looked up when you were on IRC or a BBS? Well, no, 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 not the fact that it's boobs, but it's like it's, it's famous specific, boobs. It's famous boobs. They're famous. They are famous. That's boobs. it. I can find boobs by person. That was unachievable as a 14 year old. For yeah, me. It totally <laughs> it was. was like, does she have boobs? It was like a binary. Yes. <laughs> no. And then if there was a yes, it was like, I have to find those boobs. <laughs> Oh, jeez. All right. I think I'm going to wrap it. You guys have any final thoughts to send off to uh, our boobs. three listeners? Boobs. 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 Boobs are awesome. I like boobs. We love boobs. Boobs are cool. 8008. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll have a lot more information on the next podcast on how to learn about all the things we're talking about. Is our outro music as kicking as our intro? Um, let's see. We're, we're, let's listen to it together. This is the first one we picked together. This one was a little more, um, a little more Edgewood. Here we go. At the top of the class on a roll. Take care, everybody. Yeah, you know. Maxed out, put the pedal to the floor. Hey, on a roll. Here we go, here we go. Yeah, we winning by a landslide. Never see me coming on my landmine.